Hi, everyone. Welcome to this edition of Roar Lions Radio. I'm your host, Bill DeFilippo, and doing something a little bit different uh, today, something that I hope we're going to be able to do throughout the season, at least with the opponents where we're able to get someone who could speak uh, at length about the other team, where we're going to go behind enemy lines in the lead up to Penn State's first game of the season. Uh, of course, Nittany Lions kicked things off on Saturday against the Wisconsin Badgers in Camp Randall. And I wanted to get a sense of what we need to know about this Wisconsin team from a perspective of people who know a lot more about Wisconsin football than I do. So we went out, got a couple of our friends. Uh, first up, Jake Kokorowski, a senior writer over at Badger Blitz. Jake, what's going on, man? Hey, how's, how's it going, Bill? Good talking to you. Been a while, man. It's been good. Uh, thanks for having me on, man. Appreciate it. Yeah, I think we last uh, spoke, maybe it was sometime in the lead up to last season, but I, I've kind of uh, erased most of the goings on of last season from my memory. I don't know about you. Yeah, just about that much. I'd say that. I, that yeah. You know, it, it seems so long ago. And even that, I mean, I, I left the beat last year. I still worked and did some things, you know, okay. part time, but Really, you know, it's I mean, I watched the games on TV. I didn't go cover them uh, at any stadium and whatnot. So, I mean, outside of recruiting coverage for, for Badger Blitz last year, I mean, this is my first time back, you know, uh, since the 2019 season. And it'll be the first time I'll be in a press box since the Rose Bowl. So I'm excited, man. I'm, I'm happy. I'm cautious, you know, uh, you know, a little nervous, but excited to see what's going to happen next. Uh, and speaking of things we're excited about, we have a uh, podcast debutante here, uh, our pal Drew Ham, the manager of the site Bucky's Fifth Quarter. Drew, what's going on, buddy? Bill, happy to be here. I'm what uh, you'd call a first-time, first-time caller. And, uh... <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, Drew's uh, Drew's inner working uh, understanding of Philly sports radio is uh, now coming through as he is labeling himself the kind of caller he is. So, Drew, uh, all, all jokes aside, thank you for coming on, man. Of course, happy to do it. So let's talk about this game a little bit. But actually, no, before we talk about the game, let's talk about uh, the team, the Wisconsin Badgers as a whole. I know as someone who is a fan of a team out in the Big Ten East, you know, Wisconsin is just viewed as an institution out in the Big Ten West. They're always going to be there at the top of the, the division. They're always going to be one of the teams who have their hats in the ring uh, for a trip to Indianapolis at the end of the season. Always going to have their hats in the ring for a potential uh, birth, a potential New Year's Six Bowl, maybe a few things go their way and they're able to beat Ohio State and make it to the playoff. Uh, but coming off of a bit of a weird season, and we'll talk about that in a second, but Drew, we'll start with you. What's just the general vibe around the team right now, whether it's from the team, whether it's from Wisconsin fans, whether it's from other people who uh, understand the inner workings of Wisconsin football, all that stuff. Just the general vibe after the season that the team just had. So, I mean, for, for just about everybody, last year was kind of the worst possible college football season you could have. E even teams that played well, which Wisconsin didn't necessarily do, had a had a rough year. I think this year, getting in a, a full spring practice and then a full fall practice, people are just positive. They're They're excited to get going. I think having the first game of the season being against a team like Penn state, who we don't always get to play, who is also very good, just has people kind of actually, you know, geared up and ready for the season to start. It seems like there's a lot of optimism and excitement, which has never gone wrong for us before. So uh, that's, I think that's how people are feeling. 
And Jake, same question to you, uh, just the general vibe around the Wisconsin football ecosystem uh, heading into this season. Yeah, I think there's a lot of positivity going in. Uh, last year, you know, we Drew mentioned just, you know, a four and three type season and a lot of injuries, obviously, you know, three games were technically canceled because of uh, COVID-19, you know, two of them because of Wisconsin's numbers against, uh, you know, that were that ended up with Nebraska and the Purdue games being canceled, but then Minnesota was canceled, but then rescheduled for the, you know, the last big 10 week in, in December there. So, you know, I think with, with injuries and just every, the pandemic going on, uh, everything kind of fell apart, especially with, you saw some depth being exposed at wide receiver that season when Ken, uh, Kendrick Pryor, Danny Davis went down, but, I think another year grew. I think the team chemistry's grown because they didn't necessarily they didn't have those protocols they had to adhere to uh, in terms of you know they're they're able to bond a little bit more I should say this year uh, and whatnot uh, just with with things developing over time uh, and whatnot. But I think Wisconsin, uh, you, you see the how they played in fall camp and you know even spring ball. I think they're looking really sharp. Uh, I think things are, there's more depth, there's more experience gained from, from what happened last year. And um, I, I think last year, it, to me, it's like, I always feel weird where, you know, 2018 was a big year. It was supposed to be a big year for Wisconsin. And then they were eight and five, and then they came back they weren't picked in 2019 uh, to, to do much. And they came back, won the big 10 West and, and went to the Rose bowl, uh, you know, 2020, you know, big expectations really. And then that kind of fell, you know, a little bit wayside with, with everything going on, but now, um, you see this team and just where they could be. I think they are the best team in the big 10 West for that matter uh, in terms of talent. And I think uh, if they stay healthy is going to be a big key, but I think there are, there are expectations to not just uh, be favorites or, you know, be favorites in the big 10 West, but not, in, but to go out, win it again uh, and see what they can do against whoever comes out of the East. So you mentioned, I'm sorry. I just need to correct something that Jake said. Uh, COVID didn't cancel the Badgers Nebraska game. Wisconsin was scared and uh, <laughs> didn't want to play Nebraska last year. I mean, can you blame them? I no. Listen, I don't know about you, but um, I don't. I think the bar has been set very high this college football season. In that, I can't imagine anything being funnier than Scott Frost going in front of a press conference after losing to Illinois and saying, well, they did literally one thing we didn't see coming. So our <laughs> half of our entire offensive game plan got there. That killed me. It's one thing to have in my eyes, obviously, and it's something that even Wisconsin, like, you know, they're talking about with Wisconsin and Penn State. I know I'm probably getting ahead of myself with, like, the new offensive coordinator with, you know, uh, you know Kirk Urich and whatnot and just trying to – how do you prepare and, and things that you may see or may not see. That was discussed all yesterday. I'm, I'm going to have an article up in the next hour and a half about it on Badger Blitz. But it's all – but, you know, to, to have that I, – I it's one thing where you know that you're not going to expect something, but to have everything being thrown out thrown off, you know, and like half, what they say, half the playbook or whatever Frost said with that <laughs> quote to me, I'm just like, uh, to me, I mean, personally, I was just like, well, as a head coach, wouldn't you, aren't there ways to modify that? To, also, why, to would, you that? Or, why right. would you say that? Right. So yeah. I'm even just, if it's, even if it's true, you don't say that at the press conference. Yeah. Uh, just r uh, real quick. This will be the last Nebraska question until very, maybe the very end. Like, is there like a, 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 among Wisconsin fans, a major sense of like, 
schadenfreude with Nebraska, or is that more safer, you know, Minnesota, Iowa, those sorts of teams? Oh, I, I'd love to answer this question. Cause I, uh, <laughs> uh, I, I was, uh, I was in Madison for the first big 10 game. It was Nebraska at Wisconsin, their first big 10 game. They brought like 50,000 fans like half of them didn't even have tickets. They just came to Madison. It was like the craziest weekend I'd ever seen. There was a line at even bars like nobody ever goes to because that's just how many extra people were in town. And uh, every Nebraska fan was basically like, oh, it's kind of cute what you guys have going on up here. Like we're going to be winning the Big Ten and this isn't going to be a problem. And then the, on Saturday, Wisconsin just steamrolled them and uh, has only lost once to them since. And I just love making fun of Nebraska every chance I get because their fans are the most delusional fan base in all of sports. It's absolutely bonkers interacting with any of them anywhere. Uh, we will, uh, I don't believe Penn. Yeah. Penn state doesn't play uh, Nebraska this year, but I might, I, I don't think I'd want to do one of these for Nebraska. I would instead want to have friends from other big 10, like who are around other big 10 institutions on to just make fun of nebraska but uh let's let's get back on track briefly uh jake you mentioned something that i found a little bit interesting which is that you know it was something that we heard about penn state last year where there was just so much going on it, it, it was a bit of a murphy's law season for penn state between players opting out between injuries between new coaches between all these sorts of things and it kind of manifest it manifested in the four and five season uh, you know, Penn State started 0-5, uh, then managed to turn things around in the second half of the season. Wisconsin had a, you know, by its standards, not a particularly good year, a very weird year. Uh, ended the season 4-3 and three with a bowl win over Wake. Uh, finished six, uh, 15th in SP Plus, 43rd in offensive SP Plus, 4th in defensive. Uh, was... What were the issues last year? What were the various problems that Wisconsin ran into uh, with its roster, with coaching, with even if it's something as simple as with how often their season started and stopped because of games getting canceled due to COVID? What were those all the issues that they had? And is the sentiment that they have been fixed heading into the 2021 season? Yeah, last year it was, you know, the defense played, you know, you talk about the S&P rating that the defense had, and obviously – you know, there's still some things that they they allowed, but not every defense defense is going to be perfect, right? Uh, you know, I remember was it uh, Goodson's run against you know the 80 yard run against Iowa in Iowa City, um, you know where they bottled him up until there's you know it was basically the um, what do you call it? nail in the coffin for that game. Uh, but overall, the defense I thought played really well. They didn't get home in terms of sacks last year. They only had 11 in, in the seven games. Even though Jim Leonard mentioned yesterday, the defensive coordinator for Wisconsin, he said that. He believed that the the pass rushers that the pressure was there. It just it was the, the manifestation of getting production points, uh, sacks or tackles for loss weren't necessary. I'll say sacks weren't necessarily there. Um, offensively, though, is where you saw a lot of it. You know, the first two games they're riding high. They decimate Illinois. Graham Mertz comes out. Everyone applauds him as uh, you know the next coming of, of a great Wisconsin quarterback. Uh, then obviously, you know, the, the COVID uh, diagnosis hits for him and, and others. Uh, and then the two weeks off 
from after that uh, being canceled. And then, uh, you know, they, they, the offense played well, uh, you know, against Michigan and it was more rushing the ball, you know, Mertz looked okay. Uh, but that running game really just took over in Ann Arbor. But when you have, uh, injuries to two of your top receivers, Kendrick Pryor and Danny Davis last year, they missed a combined nine games. Uh, you know, Davis suffered a concussion. I think Pryor mentioned in the spring that he also mentioned uh, that he suffered a concussion as well. Uh, and that exposed a very uh, young, uh, maybe inexperienced, definitely inexperienced wide receiver room where Tim Ray DK who's a true freshman who should be, should be the number three receiver this year. I, I predict him to have a big year uh, in 2021. He had to step up earlier than, than expected in a more, very much more prominent role uh, as a starter, but also Jack Dunn who walked onto the program about a five, seven receiver uh, reliable hand and, and will do anything that he's asked of and teammates love him. But uh, it's also, you know, Missing Davis and Pryor, you know, there's a huge, yeah, I would say there's a, not huge, but a significant step down to, for, for that offense in terms of what they could do. And I think, you know, even Graham Mertz where, you know, he, this wasn't talked about until the spring when it came out on a UW badgers.com uh, article where he suffered a, you know, an injury to his throwing shoulder at Michigan. And we didn't know about that until that article came out. And then I had asked him about it during spring ball. And he said, you know, I'm not making any excuses, though, about my play. You saw the drop off after, you know, especially after that Michigan, even that Michigan game uh, where he was coming back uh, and whatnot. There, there was a little bit of drop off and uh, whatnot. But, you know, I think those those are that. But you're also trying to you, know, you have some injuries in the offensive line. You know, starting center, Caden Lyles went down during the Indiana game. You had a true freshman come in there. Uh, Tanner Borlini, uh, you know, at that time, uh, you know, so there's injuries there. Um, there's some shuffling with the line. Uh, you also, with the running backs, you don't have Jonathan Taylor anymore. So you can't lean on a, a player that had 6,000 yards rushing in three seasons uh, to be, you know, that the, the predominant ball carrier. And they, you know, Nakia Watson didn't step up necessarily in a more prominent role. And he's off to Washington state. Now uh, Jalen Berger looked good, but he only played in four games last season uh, and whatnot. And only had 15 yards per carry there. Uh, there's also like, you know, there's a change this season in an offense, you know, with Joe Rudolph, who was the offensive coordinator and he was calling plays last year. You know, he's no longer the offensive coordinator. He's still the offensive line coach and, and the associate head coach for Wisconsin, but you know, he's no longer a, a coordinator. Uh, for the offense, uh, Paul Christ, you know, is taking him over plays again, uh, but also in for this season, but also coaching the quarterbacks uh, with John Budmeyer, the quarterbacks coach for Wisconsin last year, heading to Colorado State to be an OC there. So there, there have been a lot of changes. Uh, and I, you know, to go back to like what you see of things changing, uh, I mean, spring ball, the offense looked really crisp, deep, you know, and, and whatnot. You started seeing Mertz going back to his old self from, I'm not saying 20 for 21 performance like he had against Illinois, but he had that ability to, you know, he, I mean, he still has that ability to throw any pass that you want to out of a not just a starting Division One quarterback, but a standout Division One quarterback. Uh, every type of throw you want him to make, he can do so. But you know, his timing and rhythm, you know, was was back on in the spring and the fall camp. The defense played really, really well uh, in my eyes, and with pressure and just putting. And there's some injuries on the offensive line uh, where they had to shuffle in tackles, uh, you know, different tackles because the starting two uh, at times weren't available uh, for sure. The left tackle Tyler Beach wasn't didn't participate in 11 on 11 periods throughout the entire open practices that we were able to see. Uh, but you know, I, I think this offense is starting to churn more in terms of uh, being able to be produce more. You saw some highlights. You saw you know, Mertz being able to make some throws. Uh, the defense looked better, uh, you know, for that first part. Uh, you saw the offense start coming on, having some sparks. And I, I think if they stay healthy, 
uh, especially in the backfield with like a Ches Malusi, who's a Clemson tra- transfer, who's the number one running back now on the depth chart. I, you know, but, you know, and Jalen Berger behind him. I think Wisconsin's got a good chance to uh, alleviate a lot of those concerns. Uh, but it goes back to staying healthy on offense, uh, getting in a rhythm for the passing game, and then for the defense, getting back home and, and getting more pressure uh, in the backfield. So, I mean, Drew, it sounds to me like it really was a matter of like one thing went a little wrong as another thing went a little wrong. And that happened over, you know, 10 separate places. And when you added them all together, it just led to a, an underwhelming season for a program you don't expect to kind of year from. Is that, is that a safe bet on what ended up happening? Yeah, it, <clears throat> there, there was a, a bunch of things and little things that went wrong that contributed to overall the season being kind of poor. I think injuries hit a couple of areas that really couldn't afford to be hit too. Like Jake mentioned with our top two wide receivers going down, it was up to a true freshman and then a five, seven walk on to be our, our two main receiving threats. And that meant defenses could, you know, focus in on stopping tight end Jake Ferguson and then with Mertz's shoulder being hurt, the offensive line having to be reshuffled a bit due to injuries, it just kind of all snowballed into a, the offense was pretty bad last year. Like, if you look at the numbers, it's not what you'd expect from a Wisconsin offense. The defense was uh, was great, as usual, but they couldn't make up for the offense's inability to <laughs> score the football. So let's move on to talking about this year's team and start with just a quick preview of their offense. Uh, I will give uh, you, Drew, the choice. Would you rather talk about the running game or the passing game? Oh, boy. Well, that's tough. Uh, I think I'd like to talk about the passing game. Cool. So, I I mean, I did not know that uh, Graham Mertz suffered a – uh, shoulder injury and that was just kind of like buried under a bunch of things all year but he had like I, I think it's the line around that we've all heard around Mertz was that he slowed down considerably as the season went on and we now have an idea why but former high four-star prospect uh, was the number 65 player in his class uh, good enough that a guy who played a lot of football over the years for Wisconsin, Jack Cohn, uh, left the program and uh, is now going to Notre Dame, which I admit I didn't see coming. Uh, what do what do you make of this passing game? Should it be one of the best in the Big Ten under a guy like Mertz, or is it going to uh, be? Is the expectation it's going to be like every Wisconsin passing game, which is that you make the throws when they're there? but it's more of a compliment to the running game than anything. I I think this year it's going to have to be more than that, as there is a little uncertainty in the backfield with uh, guys we've just never seen play a lot for Wisconsin. I think Mertz has the potential to be the best quarterback at Wisconsin since Russell Wilson played. Like uh, like Jake mentioned, he he can make all the throws – He's a little bit mobile, too, if there's pressure. Uh, He's got a lot of weapons this year. I don't think any of the wide receivers are going to be threatening to make the all-conference team, but Danny Davis and Kendrick Pryor are two above-average Big Ten receivers, and Jake Ferguson is probably the best tight end in the conference and one of the best in the country. 
So he has just a lot of different ways to get people the ball out in space and see what happens. There's not really one guy you can have your defense focus on like there was last year where they could just focus on Ferguson. And I think it could make it so that Mertz has uh, a bunch more easy throws to make than he did last year. And Jake, talking about the running game a little bit, I mean, I, I know in, you know, maybe it was just among Penn State fans looking forward to the game. Maybe it was a bit more broad than that. But the expectation seemed to be Jalen Berger was going to get the starting job. He was going to be the guy who has uh, the chance of being the next great Wisconsin running back. Uh, you know, had a, had a nice, had a few nice games last season, uh, ended up leading the team in rushing yards by a whole one yard. Uh, and then depth chart came out yesterday and Ches Malusi, the Clemson transfer, ended up getting the starting job. Uh, what should we make of that? Is there a belief that, uh, because I, I'm going to guess no questions about the offensive line. It's going to be Wisconsin football through and through is the belief that they're going to go with Malusi is kind of like the, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? The showcase guy, or is it, listen, we have four or five good running backs, whatever it might be. We're just going to ride the hot hand as the, as the season goes along. You know, the one thing with the depth chart, you know, and I had projected that Malusi and Berger were going to be kind of an or designation because we saw them both get in those open practices to reporters. We saw eight of them, eight of the 17. We saw, you know, them get first team reps. Berger was out for a few, for a couple of them, if not at least two of them, I believe, um, due to, uh, you know, a right leg injury is what UW described it as. But from what Paul Christ had said about you know, having Malusi being that, you know, on the depth chart, the number one running back uh, was, you know, he was consistent, but he also right afterwards, he just discussed with it too, saying when it, when it came to the team and just, you know, the, the backs within that group, just they're still in that spot where they need to have multiple players, not just ready but, you know, be able to play well at that spot. So, you know, Malusi and, and for that matter, Graham Mertz said yesterday that uh, he liked how Malusi came in and had the approach of, of making the most of his reps. Uh, on top of that, just, you know, having that smart, tough, dependable attitude, that slogan that Wisconsin's pretty much had since Paul Christ has been come a part of that program, you know, as coach, uh, as the head coach of the program. So, um, but yeah, I mean, he still said, you know, uh, basically, uh, you know, this is from Paul exactly. I, th I think we're still in a position where we've got to have a number of backs play and play well. Uh, you know, and there are a lot of questions going into camp, et cetera, et cetera. But he also mentioned guys like, you know, Isaac Garendo, who's just been hamstrung by ha not trying to be punny, but literally by a hamstring injury, you know, the past two seasons that have cost him significant time. And he didn't get many reps during spring ball because, uh, you know, we're just working through that. Um, and, but also, um, you're dealing with, you know, you have those three and, and Grendel looked, I thought really good in, in fall camp at, towards the end of the open practices that where you started seeing him running and you start, heard running backs, coach Gary Brown shouting words of encouragement. And then, you know, there's with, with Jalen Berger, you know, he's still going to have that opportunity uh, I think to get reps and, you know, he was a former four-star player, you know, 2020 all American bowl, um, attendee participant, uh, what, you know, for, for that. And, you know, he looks good and I think he's only going to continue to get better. Uh, and, and, you know, even like guys like Braylon Allen, who's a four-star true freshman who, you know, six, two, about two thirty-eight on the roster right now is a big power back probably. Uh, and, and, you know, 
Chris said that he, you know, he believe he thinks that Allen has uh, some things that they can give him too. Uh, on top of that, and you know, he even mentioned Bryce Shipper, a walk-on running back that you know did some good things throughout camp too. But uh, he mentioned Ches is the most consistent player uh, right now, and so I, it's going to be something where I, I take it where Melissi could get will get those first up uh, from what it sounds like, you know, from what it, just the depth chart itself, uh, where he has that ability to make play. You know, he he showed the ability to be patient and then also burst through holes when when he, when the line opened up. Uh, he'd also catch out of the backfield, and, and you know, Gary Brown mentioned before fall camp that he believes the back, you know, is a three down back. So that also includes pass protection too. Right. So I think, you know, Malusi, you know, showed that he could be a first team running back now it's, but I think there's still going to be chances for others to get carries. And there is talent in that backfield. There's definitely talent in that backfield. It's more now just how the carries divvied up and, you know, who makes the most of the opportunities when they're called upon. And flipping to the other side of the ball, uh, as a fan of the team that is going to be playing in Wisconsin, uh, I'm terrified just because I'm always worried about going up against a Wisconsin defense that, like, you, Jake quite literally wrote the book on this. Uh, always seems to have, like, three dudes who start as walk-ons and turn into all Big Ten caliber players. They're, it's a group that is so good at being better than the sum of its parts. Uh, and, you know either of you want to take this one it seems to me like the expectation is that's going to be the case again this year what is it about this wisconsin defense that makes it the uh really destructive unit that we all know it to be i mean drew you want me to take the first part of this go ahead all right. Yes. Yeah. So, I mean, with Wisconsin's defense, I mean, it all starts with, with Leonard being the, the architect of it. You know, he's I'm talking about a walk on. He is the walk on of walk ons uh, at Wisconsin. Uh, you can also throw in J.J. Watt into that. But, uh, you know, Leonard came before him uh, and whatnot. But, you know, Jim had a 10 year NFL career. He translated that. I mean, he's in, you know, undrafted free agent initially with the Bills and then moved his way, you know, obviously with the Jets and Ravens and Browns and, uh, and et cetera. Uh, made a great career and then but he just has that ability to in my eyes with the defense utilize and evaluate players to the best of their strengths so if he evaluates a player he knows how to utilize them and then he inserts them there and, and it helps with matchups um, I think you've seen that a lot with the cornerback position uh, and who they've used over the past five years this is his fifth season as defensive coordinator already it's kind of crazy um, but you have that uh, but with the players too I mean part of that with that three, four scheme that he continued. And uh, even into the nickel sub package, which, you know, in the spring, he said they used over seven, you know, about almost 70% of the time that uh, he said it back in March, you know, they can bring pressure uh, and it depends upon who they bring. You know, they've had, um, you know, this year, I feel they're going to have that ability to bring, you know, from three levels of the defense, uh, especially with the defensive line, uh, Keanu Benton, who's a junior nose tackle, He's also working in the first team uh, nickel defensive line group with Matt Henningsen. You talk about fo former walk-ons that could, uh, you know, wreak havoc. Henningsen fits that bill where he's like a 4.0 student in electrical engineering, but also can, uh, you know, power clean 415 pounds. Uh, so he, he's a freak athletically, uh, according to 
uh, defensive line coach Ross Kalaji. But you also have, you know, those two, um, you know, that. But also I think the the outside linebacker group, you know, they didn't get home last year really. But, you know, you've seen with Zach Bond in years past, uh, you know, even Andrew Van Ginkle, uh, who, you know, and both are in the NFL now. This year I think Nick Herbig, the sophomore out of Hawaii, could really make an impact, uh, you, you know. And, you know, next to him is, you know, Noah Burks is a six-year player who's, who's going to be good, I feel, uh, good in coverage too. Doesn't necessarily, I, I would say, have the, the pass rush skills maybe compared to Herbig, but I think he's going to be solid. But behind them, Spencer Idle had a great fall camp and a great spring camp. So, you know, and I feel like he, him and Herbig really put on a lot of pressure in the backfield. Uh, the inside linebackers I haven't even gotten to yet with Jack Sanborn, who should be an all, received preseason all-conference honors and should be up there as a first or second teamer in the Big Ten uh, this year, barring injury or unforeseen circumstance. But Leo Chanel uh, is a very intriguing uh, player next to Sanborn. Physical freak can bench press or he did bench press 315 pounds 18 times last summer and then uh, all, yeah and also just he has this ability to be very i mean he during the fall camp practice i and i you know i have to recheck my notes but it just felt like every day it's like oh yep there's chanel in the backfield oh there he is in the backfield again you know he he consistently was a nuisance uh for the offensive line uh and then i mean the secondary too is experienced both at cornerback uh and at safety uh with with, with seniors so it's gonna be you know there's uh, jimmy always preaches his 111th you know it's a defense that preaches keeping within your rules and whatnot, but they also have the players that can make the plays uh, within those rules. And that's what makes them so formidable. And Drew, is there like a weak point on this defense? Uh, Asking both out of curiosity as a Penn State fan and also like, you know, every single player on this group seems, you know, uh, formidable, I think is the word I'm looking for. Um, I think until the, the pass rush shows that it has been improved, that could be a, a bit of a weak spot. I, That's true. They they, uh, they didn't get to the quarterback much last year, and I know uh, Sean Clifford. Sometimes he's a active runner, so it'll be tough to just pin your ears back and get after him because he can be kind of slippery in those situations. So I can see the the Badgers getting hurt on on quarterback runs and and like broken plays and stuff like that. Uh, but otherwise, the the defense is is pretty solid. I there aren't a whole lot of uh, weak points there. So let's play. I'm not going to ask for predictions from either of you, but I am going to ask. Uh, let's play a little game of fill in the blank. Uh, first, we'll start with Wisconsin. Uh, Drew, we'll start with you. Wisconsin wins if blank. Uh, Wisconsin wins if the Badgers defense is able to force uh, Clifford into turning the ball over a couple of times, which he was prone to do last year. And then also if they can at least slow down Jahan Dotson or uh, Parker Washington, they won't be able to stop them, but just make it so those guys don't take the top off the defense. And Jake, same question to you. Wisconsin wins if blank. Well, Drew took my part where t- in terms of forcing turnovers, and I think that comes from pressure. If Wisconsin can get back, actually, my bold prediction on Badger Blitz was that Wisconsin would record four sacks against uh, the Nittany Lions. That's my bold prediction, just because uh, you know I know Penn State lost a couple of tackle uh, offensive linemen to the NFL, and then on top of that, 
Last year, they allowed 28 sacks in nine games. Uh, but I'll go on the offensive side of the ball, and I'll say if you know Graham Mertz and that passing game can get going, uh, that will be huge. You know, I still you know the running game should be better than last year, but just there are still, as I mentioned earlier, there's talent in that backfield. We just don't know. Uh, you know, they're unproven. And so I'm waiting to see what Malusi and Berger and company can do. Uh, but I think that passing game is going to need to open up. And if you have a healthy Davis, who sa- he said he was 100% yesterday uh, and was practicing, he, uh, you know, if he's healthy, Pryor's healthy, and DK, along with Ferguson and even the back, you know, Grendo and not Grendo, Grendo, uh, Malusi and Berger, if, you know, those are their pass catching backs too, if that, they can get that rolling. Um, that's only going to keep the defense honest when you're trying to like, if they try instead of stacking eight or nine in the box, they're going to have to defend, uh, you know, the different levels of the defense. So that if the passing game get going, uh, that's going to be a big help for Wisconsin on way to a victory. And then uh, other side of the coin, Jake Penn state wins. If like, um, I'm going to go uh, the defensive side where if for, for Wisconsin, if they can't get home uh, and the pressure, you Drew mentioned it about that too. I know I praised Herbig. I know I praised Lytle, Sam Moore and Chanel uh, in terms of their pass rushing skills, but that was during fall camp. That wasn't, you know, we still have to see that in a game, uh, it, you know, with the new offense that Mike Yurich has, you know, with Yurich uh, is bringing uh, with, you know, could be a little bit up tempo. Right. And, and just, uh, you know, Van Hicks mentioned RPOs, you know, what is what he's expecting, stuff like that. If they can't get home quick enough, um, you know, and, and allow Dotson and Washington to get open, that's going to be a long day uh, for, for Wisconsin. So they have to put pressure on, in my eyes, uh, get the, I mean, the crowd's going to be, you know, busy at Camp Randall. You'll hear it. It's going to be a stripe out. Uh, so the fans will be on the defensive side, but the defense has to get home and enforce, you know, get sacks, get TFLs in that backfield. Uh, if not, you know, if Clifford, you know, can work underneath Urich and, you know, utilize, you know, show early that he's made changes to his game at quarterback. It could be a very long day for Wisconsin. And then Drew, same to you. Penn State wins if blank. This is kind of weird to say in regards to a Wisconsin Badgers team, but if if the Penn State secondary shuts down Danny Davis and Pryor and Shimmery DK, uh, I think the, the Badgers offense might struggle to get it into gear a bit. Uh, the Nittany Lions have a, a veteran group back there similar to, to Wisconsin's, and I think it's a, a very good group as well. So I could definitely see uh, Mertz being just because, sure, he played last year, but I, I don't know. This year just seems like it's kind of almost a, a redo of his freshman year just because it'll be the first time with a lot of fans in the crowd, and it'll be, I don't know, it just seems different, and I can see him getting – uh, a little flustered if he's not able to hit a couple throws early. And then with the unproven running game and Penn State always having, you know, just a, a long line of excellent linebackers coming in, I could see the offense struggling a bit and I could see Penn State leaving Madison with a win. Uh, and then my final question uh, for both of y'all just what are your thoughts on this season for Wisconsin? Beyond the Penn State game, like win, lose, whatever it might be, uh, Wisconsin has a pretty tough opening month of the season uh, before things kind of settle in a bit. Uh, They end up getting uh, both Iowa and Northwestern. And and, wow, my lord, they really do get everyone at home this year. That is quite the season. Mm -hmm. Uh, 
So just general expectations for the season. Is the expectation that uh, they're going to, uh, you know, get past the little bumps in the road that happened last year? Is the expectation that, you know, a little bit leery, maybe this is like an eight-win team? Or like, what? just what are we thinking? Boy, you go first, Drew. I am I posted this on, on Twitter the other day that it might be like Stockholm syndrome setting in because I've just been reading and writing about Wisconsin football for the last couple months. But I'm kind of, you know, excited about where this season could be. As you mentioned, all of our difficult games, except for the Notre Dame game, which is at a neutral site in Chicago, are are at home this year. And Wisconsin could potentially be favored in every single game this year. I don't, I mean, Wisconsin's not going to go undefeated, but I feel pretty confident that they'll win 10 games at a minimum. And yeah, Jake, I, yeah same for you. Oh, sorry. Oh, no, it's all good. I, I think they have a chance to be, I think, expectations for this year, at least a 10 win team. In my eyes, they have that tough game against Notre Dame and Jack Cohn. Uh, in Soldier Field coming up at the end of the month, at the end of September, which is less than a month away. It's completely crazy. Am I, I, I'm, it, it's weird to me. Um, but you also have, you know, like Michigan's at home. You have um, obviously, um, you know, Penn State's at Camp Randall too. So there's good things there. I think the ASPN FBI had them at one point where they were like uh, projected to win all 12 of their games. Is that going to happen? I don't think so. But I think a 10 win season at the very least uh, can happen. Uh, But, you know, there's always going to be one game where something's not going to have like 2019 at Illinois. There was some inexplicable, you know, they couldn't, they had late turnovers. They should have won in an unimpressive uh, fashion. And they, you know, they still lost uh, with that game winning field goal at the end by the the, the fighting Illini. But it just, uh, you know, I I think this team has the, the pieces all around. They have the talent to be, I mean, the, that at the very least, they should be favorites of the Big Ten West. They should go and win the West. Uh, what happens after that, depending on who comes out of the East, uh, with, you know, coming in there and being, um, you know, who could go and win the Big Ten championship or whatnot. I mean, I think they can. It's just uh, they've come close the past two times against Ohio State where they're one drive away, uh, perhaps one uh, uncalled pass interference away from, from you know, trying to tie up that game or try to go ahead uh, against the Buckeyes back in 2017. And then 2019, they're up in halftime before the wheels fall off. So um, I, I think, you know, I think a lot of fans are looking at, you know, what's the next step after just winning the Big Ten West? I think this team could possibly answer that, but uh, it's still going to be tough sledding no matter, you know, you have those tough games against Penn State, Notre Dame, Michigan, but you also got um, rivalry games against Iowa, Minnesota, and, uh, you know, you can say Nebraska, I guess, but, you know, um, they've had, (laughs) you know, the Freedom Trophy, right, Um, uh, and whatnot. I don't, it's hard for me. I mean, it is technically a rivalry, I guess you could say, with that trophy, but um, for sure, Iowa and Minnesota, those are going to be the tough, you know, tough games always uh, where it's always a physical matchup. And for the ax against Minnesota there, there's, you know, weird things have happened in, in those games. So, um, but really, yeah, you know, I think they should be able to win 10 games and then go on to win the West, uh, whether it happens depending on health or other circumstances uh, we'll see from there. Well, guys, thank you both of you very much uh, for coming on. Best of luck this season, except for this weekend. Everyone, make sure you are checking out uh, Jake's work over at Badger Blitz and Drew's work over at Bucky's Fifth Quarter. 
Thank you, everyone, for listening to this edition of the podcast. Not going to do the full sign-off here, uh, but appreciate you all listening. Make sure you're subscribing. All the stuff that you know goes in this spot. Uh, one last time, thank you for listening to this edition of Royal Lions Radio. I'm Bill DeFilippo. Take care, everyone.